People ask me all the time. Where do you like to eat? What's your favorite food? What's the best thing you've ever eaten? That's why we're here now. Not only to tell you what we love to eat, but where you can go get it. Your last meal on Earth has to be pretty special. If you gotta go the next day, live it up. Yeah, I'm rocking the onesie. I'm rocking it. Yeah, that's right. I'm wearing PJs. You know, what a way to go. This is everything I want in one bite. It's so indulgent. I could die now. It's time to meet the Reaper. My last meal is going to be all about pasta of all shapes and sizes. Just gluttonous amounts of pasta. Pasta is the perfect vehicle to eat everything that I love in one meal. You could get pancetta in your pasta, bacon in your pasta, guanciale in your pasta, short ribs, you name it. And if I had to go to one place for pasta, I would go to Vetri in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, my favorite restaurant in America. I've never had a pasta there that is anything less than the best pasta I've ever ate. I grew up on pasta, been eating it since I've been a little kid. Think I make a pretty good pasta myself, but no one, no one makes pasta as good as Mark Vetri. Just makes me feel warm and fuzzy all over. If it was my last meal, I would just tell Mark to literally kill me with pasta. All right, well, I'm going to make you a whole lot of it. He's probably showed me and made it with me a good 20 or 30 times. I still can't make mine taste like his. We make this with egg yolks and double zero flour. No magic to it. This guy does things with pasta most chefs can't even dream of. I would definitely want the ravioli stuffed with beets. Take uh, red beets, roast them in the oven. Then we mix them up with some goat cheese. Start making little nubs of the beet plant. Cut them up. And then we make a tarragon sauce with it. One of my favorite pastas he does. But for the most part, I would put myself in Mark's hands, and I would just say, bring it. There it is. Mark's pasta is breathtakingly perfect. Simple, they're clean, and not too many ingredients in the sauces. It's beautiful. It's like a work of art. My last meal would be with my wife, too, for obvious reasons. But also, she would never be able to finish all of her pasta, so I would actually get a little more. I take a bite of his pasta, and it's almost like the world stops. It's unbelievable. I always find myself like staring at the plate like, why is it so much better than any pasta I've ever had? It's truly a gift. It's so perfect. <laughs> There's no other way to really describe it. That's it. That's my last meal. Have my espresso. Good night, Irene. It's time to meet the Reaper. For me, the last separate question is all about this book right here. This book is filled with all the foods that I love and where I've had them. I've had this book for years. It's constantly changing. I scratch things off. This got booted because I found that better somewhere else. I add things. The one thing that stays in this book always, Payne's Barbecue Sandwich in Memphis, Tennessee. It's a piece of my home. It's what I miss the most. With Memphis being my home, I am from the world capital of barbecue. And nobody makes a barbecue sandwich better than Miss Payne. Thank you. I love Miss Payne. Her name is Flora. Flora Payne? No, 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 you call her Miss Payne. Excuse me. She has been Miss Payne since I was five years old. She will be Miss Payne till I have my last bite of food. She's my angel. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how they make the sandwich. It's pork shoulder smoked low. Low and slow is what it's all about. Low temperature for lots of hours. We smoke the meat in a pit with charcoal for about nine hours. And they chop the pork. Nice and tender pork. It goes on a bun, 
cover it in sauce. This is our secret sauce. It's the perfect sauce. It's vinegar based, and that's about all you get. That's a good thing. I don't want to cook my own last supper anyway. <laughs> and then you cover that in yellow mustard-based coleslaw. This is just about everyone's favorite right here, a perfect sandwich. The best barbecue sandwich I ever ate. You taste sweetness almost right away. Then you taste the perfect amount of spice. You taste the little crunchy bits from her chopping the meat too. So it's tender and crispy. Yeah, I could get it by a bus. This is everything I want in one bite. It's home. Let's talk about me dying. <laughs> the only way I can laugh and smile about me dying is I know exactly what I'm gonna eat before I go. For my last meal, I wanna go crazy. I wanna pile it on. And what better way to pile it on than the best Jaeger schnitzel and spetzel I've ever ate from Zoom Stomptisch in Queens, New York. This is a huge hunter's cutlet of fried veal. It is so good. I lived in Germany for three Jahre or three years. German food was my gateway to being a foodie. So it has to be there as I go to another gateway. First of all, it's my last supper. So let's be real, I'll be very comfortable. Yeah, I'm rocking the onesie. I'm rocking it. Yeah, that's right, I'm wearing PJs, okay? That's right. Deal with it. The food is amazing. It's very authentic. Their Jaeger schnitzel or Hunter's cutlet, it's veal cutlet. We pound it very, very thin. It's dredged in egg wash, flour, and it's fried in some butter. It's served with a Hunter's gravy, and that's a nice, rich, deep brown gravy with mushrooms. It's all about the gravy. It's a huge piece of meat. It takes up the entire plate. And it's really no Jaeger schnitzel for me without the spätzle. It's like an egg noodle. With the spätzle, we mix it up by hand, press it into the boiling water. See that? And then we put it into another pan, saute it up a little bit, and serve that with the Jägerschnitz on the side. M jizzle. Look at how big this is. Look at how huge this is. <laughs> I will wipe that plate clean. They can buy a bigger coffin. I don't care. The meat is where it's at. Crunchy and chewy and juicy. It's perfection. Best spetzel ever. Tender, springy, works perfect with the gravy. Oh, man. Really good, really, really good. Oh my God. So there it is, been a nice life. You know, what a way to go. When I go, all I care about is having dessert. There's no way there'd be any time for a pot roast, some eggplant parm, pasta, forget it all. I'm talking several sets of desserts. So for my last meal, I'm gonna have two of the best pastries I've ever eaten. The lobster tail and the sfogliatella from Ferrara's Bakery in New York. I wanna die with one in each hand. Lobster tail in this hand, sfogliatella in this one. I can remember being five or six years old and walking into Ferrara's for the first time and just feeling like I had entered Disneyland. To go back, walk into the bakery, get that same smell, sit down in the same table, there's just nothing else that would qualify for my last supper. This is the last place I need to sit, and these are the last bites of food that I will ever need. Lobster tail and sfogliatella are just filled pastries. And they look kind of alike, but they're not alike. They're both made with the same outer shell, which is a flaky pastry. We achieved the dough to be as thin as phyllo dough, and the next step is we're gonna add shortening and back roll it. So you see all those little layers, 
and they slice it about so thick, and then they start to gently roll it up, and it sort of forms like a cone. For this foliatelle, they fill it with a ricotta cheese and lemon filling, and that's baked in the oven together. The lobster tail is baked in the oven, and then it's taken out and it's filled, and I mean filled, and then filled more with Bavarian cream. Which is a custard cream and whipped cream mixed. And topped with powdered sugar. It's total pastry nirvana. Look at that. So I'll kind of alternate bites. The lobster tail, it's really goopy and messy to eat. This is like a cream donut times 20. And then this foliatella, it's baked so crispy. You see all those golden ridges. It's warm, it's got that freshly baked taste, and the ricotta is just so supple and lemony inside. Wow. And then I go take a bite of the lobster tail and have all that cream. I take a bite of this foliatella, I get a little of that ricotta and lemon, and then I go take a bite of the lobster tail. This is just so delicious to me. Lobster tails, foliatella, bite, bite, sip of coffee. Perfect way to go. If I had to pick something that would be the ultimate, the end, the final meal, I don't want anything fancy. You know what I want? Look at what it says right there. Pizzeria. I want pizza. Let's go. Several slices of pizza from Umberto's in Nohai Park would be my last meal. They do everything right when it comes to pizza. It's just about as close to heaven as you can get. I've had a lifelong love affair with pizza. And when I think about pizza, there's only one place that comes to mind. This is my neighborhood pizzeria from when I was a kid. I used to go there on the weekends and hang out and try to pick up girls, you know, when I was 14 years old. Like, hey, you want a slice of pizza? It never worked, but I did uh, eat a lot of good pizza. You'd think pizza is a simple thing. It's right, three elements, like dough, sauce, cheese. Boy, are you wrong. Dough, sauce, and cheese turns out to be one of the most complex algorithms anyone's ever tried to figure out. These guys get it right every single time. I've been making pizzas for the last uh, 45 years. Now this man is a living legend, a pioneer, a guy who brought great pizza to Long Island. We make our pizzas as we go, to keep more fresh. There we go. People call and we make their pizza. Eh? Big enough? They're making their own mozzarella. That is uncommon, and that is going the extra mile. Excellent cheese makes excellent pizza. I'm a big toppings guy. Look at it, eh? But this pizza is good just plain, with just the dough, the sauce, the cheese. And they put basil on it as well. It is phenomenal the way they make it, just the way it is. And now we put it in the oven. He's also got very hot ovens. You want your pizza to cook fast. The longer it stays in the oven, somehow the worse it gets. You want all that dough to crisp fast. That's the way we cook it. Heat of the oven, the right flour, the sauce, and the fresh cheese combined to make it wonderful. You literally can't stop eating it. Don't even think for a second, this is too much for me. You hear that? Mmm. That's the sound of good pizza. What was up? It's so indulgent and gooey and delicious. Not the regular slice? Yeah, right here, put it here. Keep them gummy, all right? Especially seven slices. You either need to be uh, 12 or on your deathbed to eat them with abandon. I could die now. It is that good. Your last meal on Earth has to be pretty special. There is nothing more special than the French Laundry. So for my last supper, it's easy. I don't even have to think about it. I'd go to the French Laundry in Yachtville, California, and I'd get the oysters and pearls. It's to die for. The French Laundry is a place everyone should try at least once in their life. I mean, it's all about that absolute every single little detail. I mean, it's just a spectacular event. The food at the French Laundry isn't just food. I mean, it's artwork. And Thomas Keller is one of the best chefs in the world. This dish really was defined by a trip to the grocery store. A purple box kind of caught my eye, pearl tapioca. I was thinking about where pearls come from, and pearls come from oysters. 
And that was kind of the genesis of the dish. Roll tapioca, oysters, and of course, it's topped with uh, caviar. It's literally two bites, but what Thomas does for each of those one or two bites is painstaking. So we take the liquid from the oysters along with milk, cook the tapioca in that, and we finish it with a good amount of pepper and a sabayon. It's cream, egg, vermouth. Uh, whipped cream and some creme fraiche. And then that's chilled, and then we reheat that and top that with two poached oysters. We add chives at the last minute to that, put that on the warmed tapioca. And then you've got that one little bit of a cetra caviar just right on top. When you put this combination together the way Thomas has, it's heaven. You scoop it out and you get this creamy tapioca yumminess, good meaty oysters, and then you've got that really saltiness going on with a caviar to just top it off. It's one of those things that you put in your mouth and you just go, oh my gosh, it's just unforgettable. Oysters, caviar, champagne, it's a match made in heaven. It's just one perfect last bite to send me off. If I found out that I only had one more meal to eat, I would move heaven and earth to get to Fairway, Kansas. Stroud's fried chicken in Fairway, Kansas would be my last meal without a shadow of a doubt. It's everything that you'd want from good down-home style American food. It's the sort of food that should be served sort of knife, fork, and defibrillator. I mean, it's just that kind of food. Oh, it's so good. People might think it's a bit strange with someone with my accent saying that their last meal should be in Fairway, Kansas. I love fried chicken a lot, and I've had some really good fried chicken, but the very best I've had is at Stroud's. I went there with friends, and they knew how good it was. They waited until I took my first bite, and I just sort of closed my eyes, rolled back in my head a bit, and they just said, that's Stroud's fried chicken. The first bite was just one of those things that I'll remember forever. It's cooked to perfection because they've been doing it for so many years. They use good quality ingredients, and they don't mess around with them very much. Well, first, you have to throw your salt, your pepper, and your paprika in the flour. You mix it in real good with your hands, and you throw your chicken on there. And then they fry it in shortening. Throw it in. And that just makes for me the perfect fried chicken. They fry some of the insides as well for you. What they call mix-up is the livers and the gizzards of the chicken. I love the texture of it. It's crunchy, gets the juices going, gets you started. And by the time you finish those, that's when they come along with the big basket of the chicken that I order. And it's this beautiful golden color, perfectly fried. You can almost see the juices bubbling on the skin. Just start ripping it apart. That first bite has the perfect crunch. And then you get the saltiness of the skin and the juiciness of the chicken as it begins to dribble down your chin and it's messy gloriously messy food it's like diving into a swimming pool of some chicken juices for me the legs the thighs that's where all the flavor is you finish it off you rip the meat from the bones you gnaw on you've got to make sure everything is gone from them you throw it down you're just left with your little mound of bones and maybe it could be my tombstone after i finish just little shards of stroud's fried chicken bone and they could carry me out of there with a big smile on my face saying he lived a happy life I want something over the top, crazy. I want to go out with style, man. My last meal would be pressed duck at Danielle in New York City, where the art of French cuisine is at its absolute peak. This is going to be a staggeringly expensive meal, but what do I care? I'm dead tomorrow. If you gotta go the next day, live it up. This is the kind of dish that was eaten by French kings and queens. It's all about tradition, it's all about the bloody duck. This is a very old school, ultimate haute cuisine technique. It's really insane is what it is. Basically what you're doing is you're taking all of the flavor of an entire duck and turning it into a single entree for one person. That's a lot of duck. The ducks are marinated for two days in red currant jam, port wine, Pinot Noir wine, and lemon zest. 
Then the whole duck is roasted. But also the importance is to serve a red wine sauce. You start with the marinade, put it on the stovetop and start reducing it. You add duck jus, that's incredibly decadent flavor, foie gras, cognac. Then this is fine dining theatrics at it's ultimate. I love tableside presentations. There's nothing like this tableside presentation. Chef Danielle removes the breasts and the legs from the duck. That's what you're gonna eat. And then they wheel out to your table a chrome-plated press with a wheel on the top, and they put the whole remainder of the duck into the press, crank the wheel, and they squish all the juices out of that duck into a container. Wow. They take those juices, put them in a pan to make the most decadent, incredible jus you could ever imagine. And voila. Voila. To press all the juices out of an entire critter, you're talking about some lip smack and flavor. Perfect texture, perfectly seasoned. Mm. You can take me away now. I'm ready. But wait, there's more. Then you get the legs, which are served on a salad of baby greens with a hazelnut vinaigrette. I feel like I've already died and gone to heaven. What a great way to say goodbye, world of gastronomy. <laughs> it's been so sweet.